Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Dr. Carlo Bayraktarian. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Der Nareg from St. Sarkis Church, along with Mr. Veh Bazdigan and our producer, Mr. Greg Doster. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As we do every week, let us start our show and our day with a prayer from the prayers of the Armenian Church. Der, yete imshur tunk neris panas, peranas ku or nutunut bidierke, or nyal la hamako yev mias nagan, an pajaneli surp yer or tutuna, haire yev vortin, yev surpokin, aishim yev misht yev havidianus, havidenits. Amen. But today we would like to take a moment to remember a very unique person who passed away last week. I'd like to remember Aaron Karnik Nersesyan, the director of our Yeras dance group, a very talented actor, choreographer, and a friend of so many people here at St. Sarkis Church, who, as I said, um, he passed unexpectedly last week. And we had services last Thursday and Friday. And um, it was such an overwhelming two days here for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, if anybody came here, especially on Thursday night, the number of people who attended to show their respect um, to the family, it was unbelievable. I don't think we've ever had people, even on Easter Sunday. No, I've never seen a crowd so large. And it just speaks volumes for the man, for the person that Kadnik was. I think the entire community was in shock. Um, the family is in shock. It's, it is such a terrible loss um, for the family members. Um, Ani, his beloved wife, the children, Maria and Hagop, the brothers, the sisters, the extended family. And as I said, he was a friend of so many people, so many people in the community. They all respected him. They all liked him. It was very difficult for me um, as a pastor uh, to stand up on Friday and try to deliver a eulogy. Um, I, I lost it because, you know, I was very, very emotional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's such a loss for for our community there. I, I'd say it's a loss for the Armenian community, for St. Sarkis. 
and for the greater tri-state area because so many people knew Karnik so well. I mean, just the, the stories that were exchanged over the course of the last several days, everybody has anecdotes, funny stories, obviously always funny because he, he always made us laugh at the end of the day. Uh, we enjoyed his company so much. And I personally, I had great respect for him, both as a person, as a very down-to-earth guy that you could really talk to and break down topics. Um, but most importantly, what really spoke to me was his passion for the Armenian culture. And really, I feel like that's a massive loss. Of course, you lose the person and you lose the, the connection, but there's also that contribution that he made to this community directly, and we felt it. We felt it, and you're going to feel that loss going forward. Sure. I mean, uh, in my eulogy, I reflected that how he would drive all the way to New Jersey just to uh, participate to the rehearsals of uh, the upcoming theatrical performances that uh, they would have. And uh, I concentrated heavily on his uh, investment, I would say, on the Eras Dance Group. It was something that... Um, was created by Hayr Anushaban at that time and Karnik. And there was a time where Yeraz Dance Group was so big, you know, they had over 100 dancers, and every time that they would dance, it was such a big event. And um, after a while, time, times change, and, you know, uh, the original members, some got married, others went to college, others were engaged, so they were no longer interested in dancing. And suddenly we saw the, the sort of collapse of Yeraz Dance Group. And, you know, I, I, natu I naturally thought that this was the end of it. But next thing you, you know, that Karnik is bringing Bring back, back other uh, children and starting from the scratch with them and teaching them. This shows how, how dedicated he was and how big of a passion he had uh, for the Armenian culture. And that, that is something that, you know, um, unfortunately, it's not an easy thing for us uh, to replace. I, I think his legacy will live on, though, Dernadik. And uh, I believe that, that the dance group, this is not the, the end for the of dance group. Of course not. It's going to continue. And I, I have great confidence that Maria, and supported by friends and other family, will, sure. will push this forward. Anushavan Sarpazan made it very clear to them that it, it is his demand that the Eras Dance Group continues. <laughs> and he told uh, Maria and he told Shant, uh, the nephew of Karnik, that it is res their responsibility to continue the legacy. So what I want to do next uh, is I want to play um, some parts from an interview which we had with Karnik, who spoke about his role as Talat Pasha, about the theatrical performance of the Tekean Cultural Association, Tadaran Nevotki. It was about uh, Talat Pasha, and the assassination of Talat Pasha, and the trial of Solomon Talirian. Let us remember Karnik through his words. Our veteran actor, Karnik Nersesian, was the opposite. Karnik, how it felt to be Talat Pasha in the play? Well, at the beginning, when they called me at the meeting, asked me about playing Talat Pasha, I refused to take the role. I refused to take the role because I said, how can I play a role of an enemy, which uh, he ordered the massacre of million and a half Armenians. <clears throat> and then 
the director, Girard Papazian, <clears throat> he approached me. He said, among all the actors, your character, your body, your your looks, is kind of look like him, especially I have a big mustache. <laughs> and he says, you must take this role. I said, uh, Girard, please give me another role. Just give me any other role. Don't give me this role. He goes, no. You will play the role. And I said, I talked, at first I did not agree. I talked to my family, my wife, and I mean, I take a pride her, her uh, uh, opinion? Opinion. opinion. And she says, honey, I know it's very, very difficult to play Talat Pasha. Very difficult. Emotionally, uh, but she said, look, somebody's going to do it. She told me one thing. She goes, what do you expect? To get a Turk to play this role? <laughs> you, has to, you have to do it because they trust you. They know you, you've been acting for past 16 years. and You've done many, many roles. And you could do it. So that gave me encouragement, actually. <clears throat> When we started doing the rehearsals, uh, obviously we all, me, Harut, and everybody else, we concentrate on learning the text. I was not comfortable with it until the week before the premiere show. I was not, because, and one night, I remember Monday night, we went to rehearsal, and Jirai called me. He goes, Karnik, I want to talk to you. I said, well, he goes... It can't happen. You must feel like a Turk. You must look like a Turk. You, your eyes, your, everything about you, you are the Talat. Imagine, if you don't do it like that, I see it as if, as if it's a fake. And we don't want to present a, a show where people are going to say, well, he was faking it. Believe me, there are, that night I did not sleep all night <laughs> after he said that. And uh, I said, I have to do this. I took the, the job to do, and I have to do it. And I hope I did as best as of my knowledge. And, and people, uh, people loved it because many people hated me. Afterwards, they were saying, if I had a gun, I would shoot you. I said, then I did my job right. Exactly. I think you did your job very well. You were able to evoke all the negative feelings from the audience who were, who were watching the presentation. Right. Baron Karnik, can we talk a little bit about Yera's Ensemble? Sure. Two weeks ago, we had the picnic, and yes. the highlight of our picnic was Yera's Ensemble. Yes. Tell us, how do you feel? Uh, almost everybody in New York and New Jersey area knows who Yera's Dance Ensemble is. And we exist since uh, I, uh, I am the founder of the Yera's Ensemble. So in 1999, uh, we decide, I mean, obviously with the church permission, uh, Yera's Ensemble belongs to St. Sarkis uh, Church with Douglaston. And uh, for for a long time, we had a very, very successful dance group. 
the objective was uh, to bring these young uh, adults and hoping they would fall in love with each other, their hire, and you married <laughs> some of them, and uh, and they get married. And some of them did, right? <laughs> yes, we had about four or three or four uh, couples got married from the dance group, which I'm very proud of that. But and that was not the only objective of BNS. That's not. That wasn't the only objective. No, that was not. But that was part of it. There, right? we all hoped for that, and uh, it, it worked. And uh, the main. My main uh, objective was because uh, I was an antonic dancer, soloist in antonic dance group very long time ago, and uh, we decided to put the culture of the dance for these young adults or young children. We do accept from 6 to 13, 14, up to 18. Uh, you know that I... It was it was sad for me when the older group decide already they want to kind of retire, <laughs> but they made me proud when April twenty fourth we were at the Times Square, and I saw all my uh, adult dancers there, and I asked them, "Would you raise the part?" And would, that was not choreographed. That was not. Uh, it was the emotion moment. And they did it. And I was so proud of them. I was really, really, I'm still, I'm proud of them. Christmas season, Dernareg. Very, very busy time. And I know it's on the church calendar, the period is called Advent. How far into Advent are we? We are in the mid of Advent. Middle of Advent. So, and with the Christmas season comes many events and activities both here at St. Sarkis Church and in the broader American public, of course. Um, and as we celebrate Christmas here within St. Sarkis Church, we just heard about Simply Christmas, and coming up this coming week is going to be our Christmas Hantes offered by our Saturday School children. Susan and Jose Pagopian Saturday School will have their Christmas program, and this year it's going to be a little different because we, uh, we are having the event in the church, in the sanctuary. The kids will come and they will perform their program in the sanctuary. We've never done this before. We usually have the program downstairs with the meal, but we try to separate because obviously we have over 100 children and it's That's right. going to be very difficult to have the food and the program downstairs. So the idea is to have the program here so that parents and family members can sit down and enjoy the program of the kids, and then we will go downstairs and uh, where the Santa will visit the kids and the food will be served downstairs. So we're looking forward to have um, a very big crowd attending and a very joyous program for everyone to enjoy. I guess it's a good thing, Deadhide, that, we, uh, that we've outgrown the Sarah and we are now doing musical performances both um, with performances like Simply Christmas as well as our children's performances from the Saturday School within the sanctuary itself. Is this common practice? It just occurred to me. Are, are you seeing this more often uh, within churches or within the Armenian church where we use the sanctuary outside of the typical uh, liturgy or other religious services? Well, um, 
The sanctuary is the house of God, and as long as we're doing God-pleasing events, there's nothing wrong with that. I remember when I was a seminarian, uh, occasionally we would have concerts and uh, events in the cathedral in Antilias, the mm. cathedral of St. Gregory the Illuminator, and uh, it was a very interesting um, thing for us to, to go and be part of those events, and this I think we started uh, simply Christmas here, as uh, as we said in two thousand and nine, and I believe that was the beginning of uh, events in the sanctuary. And uh, to have our young, innocent children performing in the church, it's Absolutely. I believe it's such a such a beautiful thing. Right, we especially all look, we look forward to it nowadays that the church is decorated with beautiful flowers and the candles. It's going to be a very beautiful event. to remind our listeners that we are having um, a New Year's Eve celebration here at St. Sarkis Church. And the DJ of the event is unique, which is... Um, An understatement? Our, <laughs> our producer, Mr. Greg, and his brother Shant, and their partner, Dave, who will be entertaining us. Um, the ladies are working very hard to um, prepare a beautiful event for us. And finally, Veha, I would like to remind our listeners that on January 6th, where Armenian cele- Armenians celebrate Christmas, we will have uh, His Grace Bishop Anushavan Taneli and our Vicar General celebrating the Divine Liturgy and uh, officiating over the services. So I extend an invitation to all our parishioners to make every effort to come here on January 6th to um, respect our Armenian traditions on that day, we give special um, slips to our children who escape school or not attend the school. Oh, permission slips. Permission slips. Um, that Very important. Explaining why they were absent from school. And last year, uh, my children went and they told their teacher that this is what we do. And the teacher encouraged them and told them, that when you come the following day, we want all your um, classmates to learn about your tradition. So that's a great thing. I don't... I don't think that teachers um, mind if our children are attending something important like this. So parents, bring your children here. Let them learn about our Armenian traditions. So this Sunday, we had an outstanding event following church services here at St. Sotkis Church. Our annual Simply Christmas event which, Dad Nadeg, in my opinion, is one of the most joyous events we organize all year. Wouldn't you agree? I do. A tradition that started in 2009, and you know that this Sunday during my sermon, I referred to this Sunday as the Simply Christmas Sunday of St. Sarkis Church, and like, oh, what am I doing? Am I establishing a new tradition here? But uh, It is. Well, it it's is a, tradition, a tradition. Like you said earlier when we were talking, it's been eight years, eight years in the running, and uh, it seems to get better and better every year, and it was capped off. This year, we had an incredible performance from the a cappella trio that many in the Armenian community, both St. Sarkis circles 
as well as the broader Armenian community here across North America, for that matter, uh, may be familiar with. It's called Zulal. And we are fortunate enough tonight to have one of the members, the founding members of Zulal, on the phone with us, Yeraz Markarian. Yeraz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Tell us about Zulal. Tell us how did you start this wonderful journey? Well, it really began over 10 years ago, almost 15 years ago, uh, between friends. Um, We heard each other singing and we all just began talking to each other about the fact that we had a cappella background uh, in music and I had a college friend, Tenny had a jazz a cappella background and Anais was in a Balkan choir and directed a Balkan a cappella choir in college and we just began talking about how at that time there were no a cappella trios or a cappella singing groups that sang on Armenian music and took a sort of a modern-ish approach in terms of its a cappella singing and was not a classical group, but did something that we were more familiar with musically. And as we began working together, there's so much breadth in the Armenian music repertoire, we found that it was the folk music that spoke to us more than any other style of Armenian music, not to say that other styles of Armenian music are not beautiful, because of course they are, but there was something about the folk music that drew us in. Yeah, I must say, it's a very unique sound, and considering we, we all, especially those of us who grew up here in, in North America, we've grown up with different styles of Armenian music, and... I could say that I've never heard anything like Zulal, so it's a it's a pretty impressive contribution that you guys make uh, to the broader the body of work of of Armenian culture. Thank you so much. You know, not only you guys were singing, but also you had information about each song, and you were giving us the background, and that was really amazing. Yeah, thank you. You know, that really came out of the fact that we tend to sing these songs for non-Armenian audiences more often than for Armenian audiences. I think in the beginning we sang more for Armenian audiences, and I and actually now that I'm thinking about it, probably also came from the fact that these songs are in dialects that are hundreds of years old, and we struggled at times to understand what the songs were about. So in usual forum, you know, I would call my parents and ask them, what does this word mean? What does the word Bachchen mean? You know, well, it turns out it means garden. And then eventually it's sort of like you get a, a folk dictionary together. You begin to know some of the words because they repeat. But right. we found that in order for us to be able to sing the songs and find the key to each song, it really helped us to understand what they were about. So we thought, well, if we can't understand them and we don't, We've not studied Armenian language, but we figured a lot of the audience members are born in America just the way we are, and so maybe they also might struggle to understand, some of the younger, the people our age might also struggle to understand some of the very dense dialect. Right. We thought we would start translating, you know, and it, people do really respond well to that. They like the storytelling a lot. Absolutely. I think it's part and parcel of your performance. I think without that, without that interwoven throughout the, the, the presentation, I, it may not resonate as well because 
I, I know a, even being an Armenian speaker, it's still a challenge for me to follow along and, and figure out exactly what the song's about. And having that introduction, the lead-in, really helps sort of crystallize what we're listening to. This week, for those of you in, in the audience who haven't heard it, um, we had the opportunity to go through not only the folk music, we, got, we had the overview of the Zulal experience with the, the classical presentation of theirs, along with the, uh, the incorporation of Christmas carols with a Zulal twist. So it was really, really a <laughs> phenomenal experience for us. We had a great time. I mean, the, the Christmas music is something that we have really never done before. So we, we put it together, especially for this concert. And uh, we were a little bit out of our element, I think. And we embraced it. And we were like, you know, this is such a wonderful spirit. We asked everyone to sing with us. And that was one of the most joyous things, uh, I will say, in terms of, uh, you know, a concert experience on our part, because we didn't feel, at one point it switched, and it felt like we were no longer performing. It just felt we were singing with all of you, and that was beautiful. Exactly, and I think that the, the audience really bought into it and jumped right in, started participating with you, so that was a nice touch. Yeah, we liked it too. If we could get into a little bit about what Zulal is doing now, uh, in addition to the, to the periodic performances that you guys often uh, offer to the broader, both Armenian and American communities. What exactly, I understand there's a new undertaking that's, that's underway right now? Yeah, we, I mean, we have two uh, really exciting projects right now. Um, one was we got invited, um, along with many other artists, by uh, the New York Philharmonic um, to do an artist response to the, one of their symphonies. And so... That's kind of a side project we're working on where we are uh, listening to one of their symphonies and creating an original composition in response to it. And it's uh, going to be kind of an online community. There are going to be many artists' responses to it. Um, and I'm, I don't mean to be vague. It's just that that's kind of all I know about it now. Right. Um, but that's very, very exciting. And then the other thing that is full throttle, sort of full swing underway, is that we are participating in an education program sponsored by Carnegie Hall called the Carnegie Hall Musical Explorers Program. And this is really a beautiful thing. Carnegie Hall puts on an educational program for uh, something like seven or 8,000 children grades kindergarten through four in New York City. The schools have to apply to get into the program, but they're music program for the year becomes this curriculum that Carnegie Hall sets up every year. And every year it's different. And every year the Musical Explorer, uh, Explorers program invites six artists from all over the world. So this is like world music. And some of it can also be from America. But it's just very, very diverse, different kinds of music to expose these children to cultures and foods and words and melodies and harmonic um, arrangements and uh, time signatures that they would normally not be exposed to. This is typically geared towards, I think, underrepresented uh, school systems or underserved uh, school systems in New York City. So Zulal um, has been asked uh, to participate um, as an Armenian group, and so we will. We are part of the curriculum. It's already printed and. It has already started in September, 
And what's really exciting about it is that we've been asked to uh, uh, perform and, and give two songs to the curriculum. So one is Doni Yar from Van, um, that the kids are going to learn. And so these, you know, 8,000 kids in New York City are going to be learning this song from Van, which is just so unbelievable. That's exciting. incredible. And the other song that they're going to learn is Tamzara. It's not the Tikrana Gerti Tamzara that I think we all know and love. It's a little bit different, although it sounds similar. It's the same time signature, but it's the Tamzara from Palu. And um, we are also teaching them the modern version of the dance, the one that we kind of all learned at camp where we go side to side and clap. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're teaching these kids, these 8,000 kids are going to be learning Tamzara. They're going to learn how to dance it and learn how to sing it. Uh, so we're so excited to be able to share our, our beautiful Armenian culture with these children all over New York City. I, I, that's so great, Yeraz, considering we often perform for each other. And we, of course, we experience it and we love it and we enjoy it together. But to be able to share that, to share our culture and to have this opportunity to to engage the American youth here in the New York area in Armenian dance and Armenian song, uh, it's such a it must be such a, 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 a source of pride for you. Yeah, I mean, I get goosebumps when I think about the magnitude of it sometimes. It is so I, and, you know, we're also so humbled to be able to just convey the music like we didn't create Tamzara right it came from these villages it came from our people it came from our culture from our community uh, we don't know who the authors are of the of the, the composers are of these folk songs and that's what speaks to us so much is that it came from our people it came from some guy sitting in a field who felt something and just wrote it you know by himself or it came from a mom whose child wouldn't sleep and she just burst into a song, you know, and, and, and created one of the most beautiful lullabies you could imagine. And so it came from us, like it came from our people. And, um, you know, Zulal is, is, we're just relaying it. And it's, it's uh, a huge source of pride to be able to share our beautiful culture with these kids. I mean, uh, we, so we were at a concert the other day uh, for the first semester, the, the, the first three artists performed, and these kids were singing you know, a Chinese opera and a Sudanese uh, song and a bluegrass song, and they were bouncing along, and they knew all the words, and they're just so excited. They're like sponges. So to be able to tell them about Armenia and tell them about, you know, the beauty of our culture is amazing. This is a mission that you're on uh, Zula, uh, with Yeraz, with Zulal members, and it's a fantastic thing that you're doing for our culture. There are a lot of people who have heard these songs, but for you... Uh, to sing them and to have other people learn about them, it's it's a great thing that you're doing. So thank you. After you uh, after the concert yeah, and, was, and I will say one more thing, which is that our music is more complicated than maybe we even realize. Uh, Tenny mentioned this during the concert. Um, said that you know we've performed with professional musicians who are world musicians who you would imagine would really know. Uh, odd time signatures, but Tamzara is in a, is an odd rhythm. It's in a, a seven, eight time signature. Um, and it's very unusual for the rest of the Western world. But for us, it's second nature. We grew up singing and dancing it. And these professional musicians, um, from, from the, with world music backgrounds struggled to fall into the meter, uh, the way the song is supposed to be played. So it's just, you know, we have this very rich culture is, is the point I'm trying to make. And, um, to be able to share it, we're, we're, we're blessed to be able to share it with the world. Absolutely. 
So I was saying right after we finished the concert on Sunday, Veh and I had a discussion and we said that you have to come back to us next year. And our effort here in, in, in the community would be to invite the non-Armenians of the Douglaston and Little Lake community members to come and get an idea about the riches of our culture. So um, you have you have a mission for next year and consider yourselves um, booked for the next year's event. From your mouth to God's ears, isn't that what they say? <laughs> I'd love to come back. And I, that's a wonderful mission, just again, to, to relay our beautiful culture um, and also to share in the spirit of Christmas and giving and sharing with your community around the church. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Yaraz. Please Benatic. extend our gratitude to the other members of Zulal, to Tenny and Anais. I will, Tenny Apelian and Anais uh, Tekerian. We all thank you guys, and uh, we thank you for putting this podcast on. I said it before we got on the air, which is what you're doing is really a beautiful thing, uh, reaching thousands, maybe more, with your messages every week. I think it's wonderful. So thanks for having me on here. Thank you. It is scripture time here on the podcast. Today we are reading from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What a beautiful passage from the scripture. It is titled Peace and Hope. And as you said earlier, it is the season of peace. It is the season of hope. And we pray for peace for the entire world and hope that God will shine in our hearts His love and His peace. But besides the title, the text in itself, it's very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Paul reminds his audience, the community of Rome, which at this point he has not visited yet he was planning to visit when he sent this letter about um, the grace of God and how we are justified we are saved through faith not through our actions not through what we do but salvation is a grace it's something that has been given to us as a grace from God and what we do, what do we do with that grace is called our spirituality how we live that grace as christians in this world that's the first part of what we read um, and i equally like the second part starting from verse three where it says not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope so um as I said, this is the season of peace and hope. But that being said, we know we know that we have a lot of people, St. Sarkis Church parishioners and people around the world who are struggling, who have problems in their lives, who have sufferings in their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul 
makes it very clear that sufferings not always have a negative role in our lives. Sufferings can produce perseverance, character, and eventually hope in our lives. Zedhat, it always strikes me when I read these verses how relevant this is currently, even though it was written 2,000 years ago. 2000 you years read ago. this as though it was written to us as an audience. The fact that suffering, producing perseverance, character, character, hope, that's so relevant. It's relevant to me, and it really resonates. And that hope is only given through from God, sure. which is really an amazing blessing and and the grace of God being poured on us was is really something that that resonates with me as a person sure and hope in Christian perspective uh, it's something that we need to be to examine more carefully because you know the word hope is used very casually in our day uh, in, in our lives nowadays I hope it doesn't rain today I hope the weather will be <laughs> fine you know hope is something very trivial but in our Christian understanding hope is one of the main virtues in our spirituality and we hope that you know we will live a life that eventually we will be with the Lord so all the sufferings that we go through you know they have a role they will prepare us to 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 meet the resurrected Lord so it's very funny um, again we go back to Carnegie and uh, when his brother was saying a eulogy for him dr. John Nersesian, he reminded one of the things that Karnik said, and it's very ironic, he said, only dead people do not have sufferings. As human beings, we all have sufferings, and that's, that's who we are. You know, we try to shield our children from sufferings, we don't want them to suffer, but in reality, um, when we suffer, we become better people. The hymn today is of Zarman Ali and I Sword Sign and Hairagan. This is a live recording from Zulal's performance here at St. Sarkis Church during Simply Christmas. I hope that you will enjoy listening to the selection of the hymn today. We will be back next year, January of 2017. As a matter of fact, this is our final show of the year. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Share it with your family members. We would like um, your friends to know about this program. I would like to thank our sponsor, all of our listeners. I'd like to thank my co-host, Mr. Veh Bazdigian, and our producer, Mr. Greg Dostler, for all the great work that they do. I pray that the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ will always be in your hearts. Amen.
Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by Dr. Carlo Bidak-Dadian. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode of the podcast, please call our church office at 718-224-2275.